Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Mean Girls Suck podcast, hosted by Ricky McKenna and Lakin Brettlinger. Mean Girls Suck is an independent podcast about personal growth, mental health, and our experiences as women getting diagnosed with ADHD in our 20s. We are two former Mean Girls documenting our healing journeys and our enemies to besties friendship. In our episodes, we break down social relationships and try to find the root cause to conflicts in our personal lives, as well as strangers from the internet and occasionally our friends. Tune in if you'd like to learn more about communication, boundaries, and even dropping your Mean Girl persona. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mean Girls Suck podcast, uh, hosted by Ricky McKenna and Lake and Brettlinger. We're the Mean Girls that no longer suck. Hello. Um, today, we have one of my really good friends, which um, our first guest, I'm cheating. I wanted to be as comfortable as possible, so I brought one of my best friends on the podcast. Um, I have Kara Lee. Do you want to introduce yourself, Kara Lee? Hi, I'm Kara Lee. I'm 30. I'm married. I have five wiener dogs. And I also have ADHD. <laughs> I told her to make her introduction quick because she does have ADHD. And this is going to be a, a oh, this is fun, oh, yeah. fun conversation. Having, I was talking to my sister about it because my sister's not ADHD and being around me sometimes can be a lot. And we were talking about this podcast and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on like the episode. She's like, I love you. I don't know if I can listen to that because listening to three people with ADHD have a conversation. It's- she's like... It's yeah. a lot. And I was it like, is it is yeah. a lot. Lots of tangents, lots of interrupting. But what I love about you two is like, I can talk to you guys and we'll just interrupt each other. And it's like never a big deal. Yeah, we know? don't like. We like understand deal. that our brain works yeah. in compartments and that like we can have a conversation about something. And in the mind, the lower box opens. You're like, oh, that leaves me. That reminds me. I need to say this as yeah. well. Yeah. The three of us have always, I think, like in the times that we've all hung out together, like I think have had really good conversations or are pretty understanding of each other. Um, we are doing a really big effort to stay on track because while I am medicated, Lakin and Carolee are not we currently, are not. which I think is interesting um, because sometimes with you two, I have to be the one that's like, hey, <laughs> let's, like, let's, let's get back on track, please. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I'm at a point with my ADHD where mine is undetectable. Which reminds me of those HIV commercials when I said <laughs> <laughs> um, my ADHD is actually to the point where it's undetectable, which is really interesting. But I still like notice ADHD signs and everything in me. But it's funny because like I will see you guys sometimes. I'm like, oh, I used to do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I, I, and I still do. I'm not perfect. I'm always going to live with it. Um, but uh, I wanted to. It's it's kind of funny because Carolee's actually known Lakin for like ten years because they went to high school together. I just met Carolee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten years. Ten years is two thousand thirteen. I was already out of there. Right. I oh, was shit. a freshman when we met and went to that show. So it was maybe fourteen. What year did you graduate? Twenty thirteen. Yeah, I was twenty ten. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, like, like 15 years? Been like, 15 years. Yeah. We just, like, casually went to a Devil Wears product concert, and then we, we like, kind of just, like, stopped talking because you graduated, and I went Yeah, down. I also dated your cousin. Right, and, so. then, and then you didn't anymore. Um, I didn't. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> yes. When. Everybody's Lincoln's cousin, by the way. Yeah, that, by the way. dating Lincoln's cousin does not narrow that down. Does. It sure, <laughs> any, it sure like, does Literally, not. everybody is Lincoln's cousin. I have a thousand cousins, but then, like, Ricky was like, oh, do you know uh, Carolee? I was like, I do know Carolee. Actually, I do. <laughs> um, so I um, I met Kara Lee. I met you, what, a year and a half ago? And I, I saw her at Dank House and just thought she was really pretty. And I remember I was sitting with my friend Jesse and I was like, oh, my God, that's like the coolest person I've ever seen. And um, I remember he was like, go up and talk to her. And I was like, no. Which is so funny because Jesse knew who I was. Yeah, like, Jesse, I I've know. known Jesse, too. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know who you were. And I um, ended up going to work like a week later and she came into the store that I worked at and I ended up talking to her and then we became friends. Um, and we were just like going out to like bars and stuff together. And then we like became like really fast best friends and we're hanging out like every day. Like me and Carolee have matching tattoos now. We do. Um, so this is definitely somebody I trusted to be like our first guest yeah. on the podcast. And uh, yeah. And not to mention you're very forgiving because we're very new and getting used to everything. And I feel like that was really important for me to have a guest on. That's going to be like, I'm just here to hang out and have a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, um, th- th- I feel like every episode that we've recorded, I start it with saying, Hey guys, sorry for whatever. I know. We should I, stop apologizing yeah. for, <laughs> just like doing what we want to do yeah. i'm not gonna lie i really do think that is a part of having adhd mm-hmm. is it po- i am an over apologize i've gotten way better with age but i'm an over apologizer yeah. as well me too 
And um, the the last episode that comes out, well, today is December 4th, but we have our first like full episode come out tomorrow. We do say like a lot. Yes. Which we're going to we're work, gonna work on. I promise. On I'm going to try and be more conscious of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to jump in and kind of talk to Carolee about, well, give me a little bit about you. Like, what's your day-to-day like? Um, you can talk about yourself a little bit. I'll yeah, let what's you. Your, okay. What's your um, astrological signs? You got your big three? I do have my big three. I'm very much, I will warn everybody, I'm very much into astrology. Yes, me too. If <laughs> you tell me your big three, I'm going to be able to tell you everything I need to know about you. I'm usually never wrong. So I am a Cancer sun and rising with a Virgo moon. A Cancer Venus, because your Venus does, I listen, it does, it does matter. It does, does matter. Yeah. I also um, am a Leo Mercury and a Taurus Mars. Ooh. Mercury's communication. Leo, I'm very direct. Oh, that yeah, makes very, sense. Yeah, very, yeah. See, I uh, that's my favorite thing about, to say. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about Mercury placements, so that is Yeah, your Mercury is your communication. So I think it's really on par for me that mm-hmm. mine's Leo, because I, I think that you guys would both agree, like... Especially as, as I've gotten older, you really just get into the I don't give a fuck yeah. era of like, I'm just going to say how I finally get see, it. There. I, yeah. <laughs> it's such a relief. I don't have time to play games yeah, anymore. Yeah, no. So it's like, that's really on par for me. But besides my big three, I'm married to my fantastic husband, Tyler. We've been together for going on 10 years. He's great. We have five extraordinary wiener dogs mm-hmm. together i'm a ween mom i'm gonna say their names because i love them oh, so yeah. much i've got dexter thomas triton milo daisy jade jacks hannibal and our newest addition laszlo oliver shouts out if you watch what we do in the shadows because oh. that's where we got Laszlo's guy fucking guy carly, carly new york me... city oh my god <laughs> carly made me and jed watch it and i swear to god um we watched the final episode which is where like New York City really comes into play <laughs> and like it kind of all gets wrapped up of like the latest season and I swear to god me and Jed were walking around the house for like <laughs> two hours you're and welcome we couldn't stop and I'm like and I think I said this before I'm like pretty sure my husband's somewhere on the spectrum and I think we both like <laughs> hyper focused on it really hard and we were just walking around going New York City for like two hours and then I I remember like right at night, he would like, like, I'm like falling asleep. He, he's like saying goodnight to me and he goes, New York City. And I'm like, I fucking hate you. It's the best thing. So, um, you are, you're diagnosed with the, the good old ADHD. Don't you also have like an anxiety disorder or a panic disorder as well? So, yeah, it's so funny because ADHD and anxiety go so hand in hand. They're very similar and like, the symptoms and everything. So I, I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was in fourth grade and then anxiety was way more in my twenties, but the signs and stuff were very mimicked and they were very similar, I guess. And then I started going to therapy this year for my anxiety. And she was just like, Hey, like, do you ever feel like you clench your fist or you do this when you're anxious or you sweat? And I was like, yeah, dog. And she's like, yeah, that's panic disorder. And I was like, oh, sick. I also have a touch of the OCD <laughs> as well. Just a touch. Just a touch of, Just I always touch. say touch of the tism. Because <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure I'm like on there too. It's broad spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, you, you have like a lot of health related anxiety too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, which I think like germs, health. So like COVID wasn't very fun for you. It, it wasn't. You yeah. also almost died from COVID. Yeah. Like, what? What? She was, oh, yeah, you didn't know that. She got COVID hard. I got COVID last year. I was fully vaccinated at that point. Imagine if she didn't have oh her, like, she God. was in bed for, like, two weeks. Holy shit. No, it, I had to, I, would, I went to the hospital. I ended up getting the antibodies. Like, it was not a good time for me. But, so, yeah, I, my anxiety is health-related, but it's also, like, I'm constantly worst-case scenario, like, the other night when you were out in Columbus, I was checking because we have each other's locations. I was checking your location. And I could see that you were driving home 
and I was like making sure that you got home okay. <laughs> like my anxiety is rooted in that. Like I, she takes my location because I'm not great about answering my phone, and yeah. that's why I have my husband's location too. Is because he would always go to work, but then would be running late and would get there and not text me, mm-hmm. and it'd be like two hours later, and I hadn't heard from him. And at that time, you couldn't have location, so I was just like. It got to the point where my anxiety was so bad, I knew the people he worked with, and I was hitting them up to see, like, hey, is Tyler online? Right. Like, like trying to make sure he was okay. Is it he would, alive? Yeah, because yeah. it would turn me into a, a fucking crazy person. Uh-huh. Like, like a stalker almost. But it was more so just, like, my brain was like, oh, see, yeah, he's fucking dead. Yeah, like, he's gone. That yeah. Okay. I yeah. That so sure. that's where my anxiety, like, lies. Yeah. Um, so when did you get diagnosed? You got diagnosed in your youth, which is different from me and Lakin because mm-hmm. yeah. I got diagnosed at 23, Lakin at 27. And you said fourth grade. So how, how old is fourth grade? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. So it was around the time that my parents actually were separating. So like my life basically like fell you apart in like fourth and fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. So they were separating. Um, a lot of stuff was happening, and I'll never forget, my substitute teacher, Ms. Kaiser, had brought it up to my mom in, like, a one of those in-house, like, mm-hmm. meetings, whatever they are. I forget the name Spirit of them. teacher conferences. Thank you. They were meeting, and she had mentioned it to her, and my mom was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe something is going on. And back then, it the way that you got diagnosed was completely 180 to what it is now, and I'll never forget, like, my mom went to the doctor. She told me I had to start going to therapy because my parents were separating. I'm this kid. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they made my mom pass out these blue pieces of paper that had a bunch of questions on them to my teachers, to people that were around me more often than not. Like, my mom had to fill one out. All of my teachers had to fill them out. Like, and the questions were like, does she get up out of her seat? Does she listen to the TV loud? Does she talk loud? Does she get distracted? Like, it was just like these weird... That's qu- It was these weird questions I would ask you, like, specifically, like, what volume do they listen to the TV? Like, are they getting out of their seat? Are they doing these things? To where I'm like, yeah, I do those things. But my, like, ADHD wasn't as, like known yeah. and like talked about in school like it was when you, you guys yeah. were probably in high school because they also back so you were born in 92 so this would have been late 90s early 2000s yeah. when you got diagnosed early 2000s and add isn't really used that often now it's kind of just encompassed in adhd but they yeah. were still separating they call it like what combined type now? yeah they they were still separating add and adhd back then they were and, and it's not really separated anymore and yeah. there also was like even like you even have to think like this is 20 years ago like they had zero to and I'm like I'm old. <laughs> they had zero, like almost zero knowledge you know on women with ADHD, which we're gonna get into later. You know what's funny that you say that? They did keep it separate. They yeah. did say they ADD don't, they and don't ADHD. Do so back then they would explain that the difference between the ADHD and ADD is the hyperactivity. Yeah. Obviously, H. But ADD they, is just women with ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> but they were saying like Oh, like the hyperactivity, that's more so like if they're really chatty, if they're loud, if they're... Because at the same time, like, I'm also fucking nine years old. Right. I'm, like, I'm, a lot you of have, kids were like that. You have kid energy. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do with so, that energy? We also ate Fruity Pebbles for breakfast yeah. every morning, and now kids are <laughs> eating, like, protein bars and uh-huh. egg whites, yeah. you know? I didn't eat breakfast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I just went... <laughs> Straight to school. So your, how did your mom handle it, like, the diagnosis part? Did you see a therapist, or was it mostly through school? Um, I saw a therapist. It was mostly for, like, my parents separating is why I started to see. They're like, yeah, she's fucked up. Let's just get her in there. Why she's... Yeah, and I was so... And I'm still, like, this kind of... I was so resistant. I was so pissed off. I did not want to do it. I did not want to do therapy. Because at that well, time, you're a child. yeah, I'm you're a child, and it's no kid not, wants and, to go to therapy. And I was taken out of school for it, so it's like I would have to leave school early to go to these appointments and stuff. And like when, and then all your peers are like, "Why are you leaving? Why are you early? leaving early?" And, and I'm like, like, "My parents are getting divorced, and I'm fucked up." <laughs> Did it bring you like any sense of shame that you had to go do this? Yeah, and embarrassment. That's, yeah, and that's what it was because like. Now, there like back then, therapy and ADHD and mental health was not 
it's, it was not accepted and not yeah. talked about in the early 2000s. And my teachers understood because they're adults. Right. But when you're around a bunch of 9 and 10 year olds and you're constantly like leaving early like three times a week to go to fucking therapy. You're going to therapy three times a week. Yeah, because yeah. they were also diagnosing me with ADHD at the same time. Like you still had to go to like your primary care and then you did still have to see like a psycho yeah. or psychologist, Jesus, <laughs> a therapist. So you still had to go through that process, but they were also plugging in. Oh, by the way, your parents are separated. Did you have the trifecta during that time of a psychologist or a psychiatrist, a G- general practitioner and a therapist that like, no, it wasn't you- the trifecta. It was just the therapist in my primary care. Okay. Getting was like, your therapist also a psychiatrist. Or they did not. Pres- they did not prescribe they did. me. They helped with the diagnosis. Yeah. I believe the doctor was the one who started. I don't remember. I was yeah, nine. A child. Either okay. I just. Re- I remember like little things. Like I remember we started off with five milligrams. I remember like I remember stuff yeah. like that. But I don't remember like who officially gave the okay of like yes, your child has do, ADHD. Did you do assessments with your therapist? Like um. Like cognitive assessments, like I did, and no, you didn't. They just talked to you. Basically. They gave that blue sheet of paper yeah. and had everyone around me fill it out and compile the results from that. So, did they talk to you at all about any? Not by myself. My okay. parents were like always there. I and guess that makes sense because you were so young. But you would think that they would still ask the person being diagnosed. Do you yeah, I still have like thoughts. You <laughs> You're still a human being. You're just yeah. Little. No, I was so pissed off. I was pissed off because like. Also, I was more pissed off because the way that my fr- my dad told me they were separating, like, I was just mad about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. I had a friend over. I had a neighbor over. Mm-hmm. We were playing. And he said, hey, I need to talk to you. Pulled me into the bedroom and told me while my what friend a, was over. What a dad. And I'm like, what dad. are you doing? You're ruining my fucking life. Yeah, like, a- my mom was so pissed. Um, but to answer your question of what you asked the ADHD, my mom was elated because she was just like, I knew that there was something she didn't want to say something wrong with you, but she's like, I knew that there was something different than the other kids or even like my sister's six years older. So she was just like, I don't remember going through this stuff with Christy because I would get in trouble for in class for talking too much or moving around or getting up out of my seat. Does Christy deal with anything like this at all? No. Okay. She had anxiety. She had anxiety. Yeah. She has anxiety now. We're both on the anxiety train. Her and I are actually both on the same anxiety medication. So your mom's kind of just like, oh. What the, like, I could tell, like, I'm glad. That I also bounced as a kid. I don't know if you guys did that. That was, like, a really strong indicator. Somebody pointed that out to me the other day that I do. Yeah. Was it you? Oh, my, my mom was talking about it at the birthday dinner. Like, but what I would do is in the car, like, I, I'm doing it. You guys can't see me. Mm-hmm. But I would sit, I would literally sit there and, like, rock back and forth in the car. Yeah. And then my favorite, because I just, I felt like I just had all this energy and I, like, I had nowhere to fucking put it. Uh-huh. Is I would wedge my foot in between the couch cushions and I would bounce. However, I would use my leg to push off to uh-huh. give me like some air. So I was like this. <laughs> yeah. And like that's what I would do. So you my- did have some hyperactivity. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and that's why my mom was just like, yeah, why is this kid fucking bouncing? They would always joke like, oh, we don't need gas. Carolee can get us there because I would shake the whole car. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm glad that your mom was supportive because I had the experience where my mom gave no shit and didn't even comprehend the fact that I could have ADHD. So I'm I'm glad to hear that your mom was like supportive and understanding of it. So I you touched Ooh. you touched on medication a little bit. Do you remember like what they put you on and how you reacted to it? Because oh. I think it's interesting how they managed your medication when yeah. and I know medication was big for you and like weight and everything. So I definitely want to talk into that because that's a big one for you i hope you're ready to go down this train i know yeah. that you and i have touched on it but i don't know if you know that the, the medi- like the medication which i think is just a preface like i've i have a little bit of knowledge well we me and carolee have talked about it like yeah my experience of getting medication but medication for you was like a huge whirlwind like like in general yep. um and just to preface carolee was which I think is really interesting, which I haven't heard of before, but I did talk to one of my clients who's a spec ed teacher. And I thought it was interesting because they took you off of medication during the summer when yep. you weren't in school. 
And I asked oh. a spec ed teacher and it said because it can stunt your growth. Really? Yeah, which I've never heard of before. And I don't think that that's common today. No, and yeah. that was never the reason why I went off of it. Which is strange. Like they like, she told me, she's like, it can stunt their growth, but they don't really do it too much. So anyway, yeah. um, you started medication pretty early. Yeah, so I was on medication by the end of fourth grade going into fifth grade. I was on, they started me with Adderall. It was a blue, it was a tiny blue pill. It was five milligrams. And do you remember like what size you were? Because we try and talk about like, like dosage and everything. Do you remember how tall you were? Uh, I was like a normal nine-year-old. No, I was small. I was small. I was definitely small. Um, I was really tall. I'm tall, considered tall now. Like I'm five, five, seven and a half. But back then I was probably already like. Five two, five three. Yeah. Did like you get I, puberty pretty early? I did, and I didn't at the same okay. time. Like I started, I was small in fourth grade, and yeah. then fifth grade, I got a tiny chunky because I my genetics are not in my favor. The with my same family. thing happened to me. I hit like a growth spurt, and I was yep. like in slims, and then I put on weight. Yeah, it was like yeah, it happened in steps almost. Yeah, and so I was definitely smaller. I started with like I hope you're ready for this train ride because. <laughs> medication was just such a like you said it really was such a whirlwind for me i remember you being pissed because my medication journey was so much easier than yours like Like, they just put me on one and it was fine it was great yeah well that's the thing too that you have to think about as well but and i think that's the really defining factor of getting diagnosed later in your 20s versus when you're a kid you're more also self-aware of how you're feeling when you're a kid you're not really sure how you're feeling exactly and like for me again adhd wasn't so accepted adhd meant that you were different so as a nine-year-old i'm being told hey you're different there's something wrong with you take this pill take Take this this pill pill. (laughs) so i was super pissed off the entire time i crossed my arms in therapy i never wanted to talk i was so angry because i felt like all of these people were talking to me but no one actually wanted to listen to me and like what I was feeling so at that time my parents were separated my mom just a plug my mom's such a badass she's so kind and she worked her ass off as a single mom mm-hmm. so by the time I got ready for school to get on the bus my mom was already gone for the day so what she would do every day is she would set my pill out on a paper towel Did you with a drink next one to it that five milligrams yes okay. to start me off this the starting process was like so slow i started off on five and i was on five for like weeks and then we'd see how that did and then we bumped up to 10 mm-hmm. by the time that i got off adderall it was in capsule form like it is now and i was on 40 milligrams but back when i started it was a tiny little blue pill and it was five but i was so resent i did not want to be on medication kids were finding out at school Never forget this kid, this boy, Noah Adrian. He had oh, ADHD. First and yeah. last name. Yeah. Oh, we'll oh yeah, drop it. He had, ADHD. he had ADHD. <laughs> and he would make fun of me all the time. Did you guys go to elementary school together too? No, but I since I had a cousin in her grade, I knew a lot of kids that were older. Because okay. yeah. I had a cousin in her grade. Oh, because you guys are in her grade. A cousin. We went to school together, but yeah, my, we all went to the same school I keep system. forgetting I'm not the same age. Okay, yeah. so she no. set out the pill. Yeah, so like... I never wanted to take it. It got to the point where I was I was actually throwing it away in the trash. <laughs> I just stopped. I was like, no, I'm not fucking so doing you're this. Mismanaging your medications. At nine years old, nine and ten years old. So when you decided to stop taking your pill, was it because specifically people were making fun of you at school, or did you feel like an actual difference and you're like, I don't like the way that I feel. I want to stop taking this pill. Both. I hated the way that I felt. I hated that I felt, and I'm sure you guys can I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can relate or not just because I feel like metabolically you're so different as a kid than you are as an adult. So things metabolize so differently. I felt sluggish. I felt tired. I didn't eat. Mine was like the time release one. So I never ate at school. People started to notice. I was always tired. And then people found out that I had ADHD. Mm -hmm. And then it would be so cruel in fifth grade. Like, oh, yeah, that's why you're so annoying. You also were resistant to your treatment. So you didn't, you weren't actively learning about it. No. Like you weren't like... I had to do my own research on it, really. You you weren't, like, listening to your therapist and everything, so you weren't, like, identifying. You weren't... Oh, my therapist sucked, just to preface. It was a a male therapist, and he was really condescending. I do remember that. It's not your fault because you're a child, but because you're going through the divorce and you're so resistant to your treatment. Yeah. You're not putting the knowledge... I always call it your toolbox. You're not putting ADHD things in your toolbox, so you're not even able... 
like as a child it's hard enough to understand that you have ADHD yeah but it's hard because you don't know why you're feeling you don't even understand why you have to take this pill really because you're so resistant you're like I have this weird you just have everyone telling you you need to take this you can't stop taking it or else you're gonna feel worse then you have to get used to it again so I was throwing it away my mom was finding it in the trash can she was so pissed because she was like Carly, I'm just like, we're just trying to help you. This is best for you. I promise. Like, you just have to keep taking it. Did you have insurance? Did she have benefits, like, through work or anything? Like, financially, was this an issue? I don't think so. And if it was, I would never know. Like, we did struggle, like, growing up. But my mom worked her ass off to, like, her saying literally is, like, my girls will always have. My girls won't go without so yeah, I'd be pissed if I was working my ass off to pay for these meds. Oh, I, she was pissed. Yeah. She, she was pissed. But like, because yeah, like the meds are expensive and we went through all of this stuff to get me on it. And I was just like, no, fuck you guys. I'm not taking it. Yeah. It's probably also like really frustrating as a mom to be like, just let me help you. You yeah. have to let me Because I don't have you. the comprehension. I don't understand. At the same time, my parents are getting separated. Like I, I don't, I can't connect with anybody. My friends didn't really understand because they didn't have ADHD. And, like, it was just a combination of, like, people constantly calling me annoying. And, and I'm still sensitive about that stuff now. I am I'm so – it's so deep-rooted in me about me being, like, loud and talking and exciting. Because I'm not medicated anymore and I haven't been for a long time. And it's, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it was such a whirlwind of that. It got to the point where I got in trouble for – Throwing them away. So then I started flushing them. So then she would have no evidence that I didn't take it. Because my mom would go through the trash. Yeah. She was like, did you take your meds? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and she would go through the trash. And that's when she would find the pill in a oh. how napkin. Long did, how long did the medication fight last? Like, when did you finally start taking it as prescribed? I don't. Um, I started taking it as prescribed when I was forced to. So my mom got so fed up. And this is why I have an affinity with chocolate pudding. So what <laughs> started happening? you. Oh, yeah. What started happening is my mom was getting really upset about me not taking it. I'll never forget my therapist, like, yelled at me for, th- for like, flushing them. I feel like that's not a therapist's place to yell at you. He sucked, dude. Yeah. I'll never forget that guy. And it got to the point where my mom was so frustrated because like you said like she's working her ass off she's trying to make me better to be clear I never struggled in school I still always got good grades and stuff it was just I would get distracted and I would get bored and and that's what she wanted me to get better on and it got to the point to where at this point I was on 40 milligrams and how old were you when you got put on 40 I think I was in like sixth grade. So now oh we're at my like, God. so this was like a back and forth for like two years. Yeah. And then finally, when you got put on 40, did you start taking as prescribed? Cause your mom oh, was I, forcing it. Oh, she forced me. Cause what she would do. And the doctor told her like to do this, to make sure I was taking my medication. Cause they were like, she can't keep taking it and then not taking it. Yeah. Like, she can't keep doing that. So again, single mom, she would be up for work before I left. I would get woken up with my mom saying, Hey, open. She was taking the capsule and opening it and putting it in chocolate pudding and spoon feeding it to me at five o'clock in the morning to oh make sure I took my medication. God. How long did you have to do that? I did that for a while. I don't remember time wise yeah. how long I did that, but my mom would literally wake me up with a spoonful of chocolate pudding, which sounds like it's abusive. I promise it's not. No. No, she just wants you to do better. She just wanted yeah. me to like take my medication, and she was she like, also had like no control. Other yeah, than that she time, was. So yeah, she like, was a frustrated mom who like has this kid who's just like, not listening to her. And, yeah. Like, so I just, that's how I took my medicine for a long time. And I would go off it like during the summers. Yeah. And so when did you, did you go off it during the summers? Like in, in, middle, school, in the middle, middle, school. middle school? I was on it year round the first, I think like two years just to get me like acclimated. And then I went off of it during the summer. Do you remember the reasoning? What they told you, you just didn't need it or you just didn't, because I mean, you were so resistant to medication. Maybe they just did that. It was just, I remember them saying something like, my ADHD wasn't so bad to the point where I was like, I couldn't function or do things or like do normal tasks or get just so distracted. I'd catch the fucking house on fire or something. But like, I, I remember they were saying that there like. There was a house fire when I was 10. <laughs> we had three. <laughs> we were 
guys doing? I, I am so scared of house fires because we had three when I was a kid. Um, d- there's like several ways that they started. Um, but yeah, like I still to this day am yeah. so paranoid about house fires. Um, so talk about like kind of leading into like high school. So you're super resistant when you're a kid. Did you start to kind of just accept it and normalize medication more as you got older? I don't think I ever accepted it because people were still so fucking cruel. So when I got diagnosed, I was already a small kid. I was active. And then in middle school is when you can start doing sports Mm -hmm. in like seventh and eighth grade. And I have this picture of me. I'll never forget it. People were so mean. It was time releasing. So I never, people never saw me eat. I was also in sports. I was also a kid. My t- metabolism was really fast. I feel like right. 40 milligrams is a lot to be on at that age as well. I weighed, I I weighed like 80 too. pounds and I was a size double zero. Yeah, yeah because I they have me on tiny. 30 and mm-hmm. I'm 250 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So I was so tiny. So then I got used to being medicated and I was seeing some of the differences of like how I could just actually focus and get homework done before I got home. Yeah. Like at the end period of the day. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing stuff like that. You could feel your drop off. Yeah. Okay. But then but then people were like, you're fucking anorexic. Oh you're disgusting. The you have an eating disorder. Like at our school was bad. Like I remember yeah. this one girl in my grade. She was also just very tiny. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's probably her metabolism. Um, but her and this girl got into a fight on the playground because this girl named Chelsea was like, you're a fucking anorexic bitch. And this poor girl, she's like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. It was really bad at our school. People with like the eating disorder and anorexic thing, like they were mean. People were mean in general because at that time too, again, I have a single mom. I had a friend, Sam, and we're still friends, but she was well off. Her parents owned a big company. Like, mm-hmm. they were always well off. And she would give, like, if she didn't want something anymore from Hollister or Abercrombie or whatever, and she or she didn't fit in it because she was, like, normally growing, and here I am just, a, I'm just tiny, double zero, she would give me some of her clothes from Hollister and Abercrombie and all of that stuff. And people were making fun of me for it. Like, oh, you're wearing hamdy downs. You're poor, you're anorexic, you're annoying, you're ADHD, yeah, so, you're fucking terrible. So your Adderall greatly impacted your weight and kept yep. you, because I know the, the weight thing is a really big thing in your life because you do body positivity on Instagram or in yeah. the past you have. It's, you're, I know you're kind of trying more so to get away from like constantly talking about your body online. No, no, it's fine. And But um, I know you just don't want it to be your whole identity anymore. Yeah. Um, But... So that, like, also, you know, you're dealing with it when you're younger. They're yep. bullying you for even having it in the first place. And then the long-term effects of being medicated have caused you, and this is a lot of issues with medication in the early 2000s, Yeah, that it, it caused you to be I- extremely skinny, like, yep. throughout high school. Yeah. But it, it mainly, like, to me, it sounds like most of the issues with your ADHD were just peer influence and insecurities and pressure from yeah. other people. If people would have just shut their fucking mouths and like not say anything. Probably would have had a way easier ride. I would have had a yeah. way easier <laughs> ride with my ADHD like journey with, with medication. Because yeah. I do feel like because of the journey that I had, I was on it from fourth grade and I stopped like my senior year. Mm-hmm. So how long is that? That's like I was on it for like seven, eight, nine seven, years. Eight. Yeah. yeah. And the whole time, it was a battle. People were so awful to me, and I would go off it, and then my mom would try to leave me on it for a summer. And I'll never forget, like, starting back up your medication. There was times where my mom would not let me go to the pool by myself or with my friends because really? I'd be so tired. I would tell her. I was so tired. I didn't feel like swimming. Did you ever take like, anything other than Adderall? Nope. Um, yeah, your therapist sucks. They should have, yeah. like, especially, like, if they can visually see, like, she's not growing. There's an issue with, like, her weight. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is impacting, like, your physical health. They should have probably, like, Which is so put f- you on a different, yeah. like, even, like, Vyvanse or something. Did you Back do in the day, it was, what is it, Ritalin? Ritalin? Ritalin, yeah, Ritalin, Ritalin was really big. My friend was on Ritalin. Jill, that, I believe it was Jill was on Ritalin. That's and what they started my mom on when she first yeah. got diagnosed. Ritalin is not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, did you, so, like... When you, did you have emotional issues relating to your ADHD? Like, can you, it's probably hard to remember all the way back then, but like, do you think that you had mainly, cause I know you said you did well in school. There weren't many cognitive issues. My issues were cognitive um, and emotional. Do you think that 
there was like a like an emotional impact from your ADHD. Yeah, and I I still think that there is like because I'm not medicated. Like again, I have anxiety and I'm medicated for that. And again, those go hand in hand. And I feel like since being medicated with anxiety now, and I don't even want to say my thirties, but yes, my thirties, <laughs> like. It helps with that. But yeah, I, I don't think I had a lot of cognitive issues. It was more stemming from like the mental side of ADHD. And people don't understand that our brains are different. I did a, do you remember Mr. Hankinson? Again? I do remember Mr. I Hankinson. did, I think he was eighth grade, but I did, yeah. a, I, we had to do projects and I did a report in eighth grade on ADHD. And presented it to my class. So you started to, like, once you started to get older, you kind of, like, got more interested in it. Yeah, and, and realized, so, like, you know what, I am yeah. a, a little different, and that's okay. Yeah. Let me try to figure out why. And I remember learning that back in the day, like, they used to say that it was, like, a brain issue. Like, mm-hmm. a, I forget mm-hmm. what it is, what they would say, but, like, our brains are wired differently. We're not the same as someone who's neurotypical. Yeah. And it took me a long time to, like, have that click because most of the time growing up in that era a lot of people would hear adhd and they just thought that you were hyperactive and fucking annoying and distracting yeah they I didn't like realize the label yeah was with it. it's like this kid's talking too much and pissing me off and you're loud yeah, i'm gonna He's send them home good. and make their parents put them on adderall so yeah live in peace and people don't talk about the mental effects that it has on you because one you're growing you're a kid you're maturing and then you also are you know, on the spectrum, you're not neurotypical and you're trying to deal with emotions and place those in of like how it fits in the puzzle piece. And you've got people making fun of you. Like I felt like I was constantly misunderstood. Yeah. I constantly was trying to get the last word in conversations and, and fights and arguments with friends and family and things. Cause I, I then I think honestly it stemmed from that therapist and like, Again, they they just want to tell you, hey, take this medication, but no one wants to talk to you and ask you yeah. how you're coping with everything. Exactly. And that mentally has impacted me today on how I, I've gotten better because I'm older and you mature, but like my teens and 20s were really hard and I had a lot of outbursts and I cried and I would feel so frustrated because I like felt like people didn't understand like yeah. my thought process, why I thought this way, why am I thinking this way? Because mm-hmm. my brain's fucking different than you guys mm-hmm. got. And that's why I did that presentation in eighth grade. It was to hopefully help them understand like, guys, like it does hurt my feelings when you call me annoying because I can't help that this is how I am. Yeah. Even with being medicated. It's still always, like, I'm still different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people just never understood that in the in the 2000s. They were just fucking, yeah. like, mean. Yeah. I think the biggest things, and just from, like, knowing you very well as a friend, and I, I did not know you when you were younger, and obviously you've changed. I think probably the biggest, because I feel like there's a, there's a ton of ADHD symptoms for women, but I feel like the biggest ones for you that I've observed are like rejection sensitivity yeah and like emotional outbursts which mm-hmm. like I'm I'm sure like we're present like you just said that and you talking about like the peer influence in your youth is rejection sensitivity so you're already dealing with this and then you have to you know you have that g- hanging anxiety about um what people are thinking, people of you are thinking about, about you, about you. And, and then it triggers your rejection sensitivity because like well, most people like you know, a neurotypical person like, oh, so-and-so said, what about me? Like, it's going to impact you. I don't think people realize that, like, there's certain triggers that people who have neurological disorders like ADHD have, and also on the autism spectrum, that's pretty prevalent, rejection sensitivity is, yeah. um, that that will literally make you spiral for, it like, two It was a downward spiral. Yeah. So what was the, what caused you to get off of medication your senior year? Was that a you choice? Was that it, just- was, it was a me choice, and at that time, like, I was... 17 like I was the I had a, I have a summer birthday so I was the same age all yeah. year round I was going into this like into my senior year I was going to be 18 I remember having the conversations with my mom and I was just like I can't fucking do this anymore like it got to the point where every time I would stop medication and then restart it and I know this sounds crazy it felt like bugs were fucking crawling in my skin mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep yeah so well, you're I, clearly having a reaction I was to having a reaction you probably just working. shouldn't have been on Adderall you yeah. probably just should have been given some other but ADHD like Vyvanse and stuff like that like wasn't a thing but it was yeah, that or right. Ritalin like All those you were your options yeah, yeah so those are your only options I do think I was having reactions to medications and like 
Did you stop treatment altogether? Like, oh yeah, nope. I just boop, bye. I just yeah. quit cold turkey, and it was so freeing. I was so ready to just be myself and to eat lunch at school. I was constantly giving my lunch away, yeah. and then I told my mom like, "Stop fucking packing me lunch. I'm not gonna eat it. I don't, I don't, I don't eat." And then I would eat like, cause like crazy after I got home from like practice, cause I did volleyball, I did yeah. track, I did all of these things, and I was just like, "Mom, just stop packing me lunch." And she's like, "But it looks bad." I was like, "I get it," but I just explained to people. I'm on ADHD medication. I'm on Adderall. I don't eat right now. I'll so, eat later. I was tired of not feeling like myself. Yeah. ADHD treatment stopped for you, like, about there. Mm-hmm. And then I know I kind of want to fast forward today because there's, like, there's a 10-year gap. There wasn't, I mean, you're always very conscious about your mental health. But yeah. have you, have you, like, done, did you do between now or between then and last year when you were having panic attacks really bad? Well, I guess it was early this year when you started having panic attacks again. But, like, bad to where you sought help. Was there, like, any mental health treatment or did you just kind of grind and work your ass off for 10 years and, like, build a life for yourself and, like, kind of put it on the back burner? Um, it was kind of always, I don't want to say back burner. I would say more, like, middle burner. It was yeah. kind of always there, but like, not. Like, I'm conscious of it, but I'm not But not gonna, in the forefront. You know. Because within those 10 years, that's when, like my anxiety was also really heightened and so I was on Paxil I was on Wellbutrin I was on I was on I think four different medications that I kept trying and like it just made it worse for me so for the longest time I was so Mm anti-medication and I think that that's just because of how I was brought up. You had a age. terrible experience. I had such yeah. a t- for like 10 years of like this terrible experience yeah. with medication that I think about it now and I was like, gosh, it's such a fucking sign. Like seeing you medicated on Adderall, like you're still yourself. You're still your personality. Yeah. You're still who you are. I wasn't. I was a shell of myself. I was quiet. I didn't talk. I didn't do anything. And I was like that for nine years. Yeah. yeah. And I think at the time, like, again, there was no other options. It was like, hey, this is here to help you. You get on the train or get the fuck off. Yeah. And I was like, I'm getting off this fucking train ride. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of feeling like this. Yeah. And I remember earlier this year, you were having super bad anxiety, and now you're on Prozac. Are you still on Prozac? Yeah. So I am It works on, for you? Yeah, I'm on Phloxetine, Prozac, and Buspar. Okay. And it works very, very well for me. Besides, it makes me sweat like a motherfucker. Shout out to my Prozac people. Yeah, like, yeah, Prozac makes you hot. It makes you, it gives you like hot flashes, yeah. but it makes my brain so quiet. Like, yeah, it's so. And, and like the anxiety's still there. You just like aren't having like crazy. Cause I remember you would come over bro, sobbing. It, it got, she, yeah. yeah it I remember got I was bleaching so my bad. roots in my bathroom. She had a full on mental breakdown and I'm like trying to do my hair and it's, I was using, like, I think it was like the first time I like opened up to you about yeah, like, cause I, you were like down, like I knew yeah. you were anxious, but she had a full blown panic attack in my bathroom and I'm in the shower rinsing lightener out of my hair, trying to make her feel better. Oh, she was so nice though. Cause like, I don't think that people realize that it was as bad as yeah. like my family knew and my sister was always pro like, bro, like I get it. But, like you just have to try different medications and you have to stick to it. But I was just like. Not using it as a crutch or an excuse, but when you've gone through what I went through as a kid with medication and therapy, I'm super anti because I was like, dude, my experience like sucked. I don't want to fucking do that. I can't imagine that you would feel good about any pharmaceuticals ever after that. It was such a disservice to you growing up and like. But what's funny is I'm super anxiety about medication. So if a doctor's like, yeah, you're going to go on this antibiotic. I'm like, sick. Let's do this. Let's get better. I remember when I went on Adderall, you were very like on me about it, making sure I took it at the correct time too, because you were, I I feel like you were also worried because I have a past with addiction. So you were worried about me being on stimulants and everything, but it ended up, you were, like, monitoring, and I was like, yeah, maybe I just won't take it on days that, because your past experience helped me with mine. You were like, maybe I, I was like, maybe I won't take it on days where I don't need it. And you're like, no, please take it every day. I was like, take it every you day. You were like, on me. You were on me, which I'm thankful for. You were very on me about, like, being consistent with my medication, um, like, taking care of myself, because you, with your past, you almost, like, have always been, like, a big sister to me. And you sistered me and were like, so you, be fucking on it with your meds, and which I do appreciate. But yeah, I, I do want to like wrap this up. I just I know that you have a lot of thoughts on women with ADHD mm-hmm. um, and how women were so misunder or so misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed like over the past like 20 or so years and kind of just like your thoughts on women with ADHD. I feel like, especially growing up in the 2000s era, I was the anomaly of a girl that had ADHD. Yeah. 
It was very rare. It was rare then. because I went to school with a bu- like obviously a bunch of kids, and there was a bunch of boys that yeah. had ADHD and that were already medicated and that had been medicated for like five fucking years. Yeah. And then there's me popping up, and it was just not accepted. It was just like, yeah, no, you like, don't. That's a, that's a boy thing. You what don't have you. you don't have ADHD. You yeah. just have to mature. Yeah. And, you, and for anybody, right, you're a you're a girl. You just have to get your emotions under control. For anybody who isn't like super knowledgeable about this, which like I recently came to understand that not a lot of people know about this. Women and men have like, and your assigned gender at birth is like completely determines how you handle neurological disorders and because of our endocrine systems, which I've been doing a lot of research into Mm -hmm. women have completely different symptoms and not everybody is the same, but women tend to internalize their symptoms and it tends to be more of an emotional dopamine war. Yeah. And yeah, boy, but everybody's different. Some boys have internal like too, and they're not hyperactive. Yeah. I mean, it's a full spectrum. Yeah. Like in general, but we're just told as girls that they're like, Oh, it's all internalized. You just need to mature. You're different. You're you're different than boys women yeah. are more mature than 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 boys and yeah. that could be a whole podcast in its own how we're brought yeah. up as women in this world one thing i do want to mention is that i don't i don't want my journey to discourage anybody now to like seek help if they do feel that they have any mental health like issue like don't i use my example as you know that's what it was in the 2000s it's really not like that anymore if you feel like you need help you can't because like again this year i started going to therapy i'm on two anxiety medications like mentally like i'm doing so much better that my little kids is so proud of like my big (laughs) self and where i'm at and like i still have my struggles with adhd and like i feel like it's really important to also surround yourself around the people who understand. Get yourself ADHD friends. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. will say, like, <laughs> it's so helpful in your journey. Because my husband is, like, he's he doesn't have ADHD. He has, like, bipolar 2 mm-hmm. and deals with depression. That's so different than ADHD. So he'll get mad at me for things. Not mad. But, like, I constantly lose my fucking phone. Yeah. I still constantly do all that stuff. But with you guys, yeah. it's it's, like... Like, you texted me the other day. You're like, yeah, I misplaced this. I have habit of that. And I was like, ADHD? Yeah. Like, like, is my the, ID in your car? Yeah, like, those are the things that I still do. And I think it's important to, like, surround yourself around the people that understand and educate the people that don't understand. And that's yeah. the whole point. Like, I appreciate you having me on to, like, educate. Like, back then, it was so different. And don't let my story discourage you. Like, again, I was so anti-medication, but I was still making sure, like, Ricky, please take your meds every day because I don't want you to go through. Yeah. The vicious cycle that I went through. How do you feel about the surge in adult women getting diagnosed now, like me and Lakin? It makes me sad, to be honest, but also it doesn't at the same time because I'd rather you get diagnosed now when, yes, you have to jump through more hoops to actually get the prescription that you need, especially if it is Adderall because it's now a controlled substance. But I would honestly. I'd rather you go through it now than go through what I went through as a kid. Yeah. And, like, the struggles that I had. I'm not surprised that there's more diagnosis of women in their 20s and 30s, like, getting ADHD. Like, me and my mom were just talking about it. She's 56, and she's like, actually, I think I have ADHD. And I was like, bro, you do. (laughs) Yeah, my mom got diagnosed in her 40s. Yeah. It took a long time. And she's like, hey, this is probably why you had to, like, chew a binky when you were, like, 11 years old trying to do your homework at the table because you couldn't or chew the poly pocket clothes. yeah or like because you couldn't the poly pocket <laughs> you could the best your snacks. mind to do it you know she's yeah. like that makes sense well Sorry there's about there that. is too there's currently which is something that i'm dealing with which hopefully it gets resolved so um adderall is a con- level two controlled substance mm-hmm. um and i and i know that you know adderall did not work super well for you but it is usually the first go-to um, that I've noticed. And then, like, yeah. if that doesn't work, then, like, it gets into, like, Vyvanse and, all, you know, and these other things. But every, everybody's like different. But I am having the issue where there's an Adderall shortage right now because, um, so basically manufacturers are restricted by the federal government to where they can only produce so much Adderall. 
And now there's a huge surge, which is caused, this is a direct cause of what happened to Carolee. So because so many women were either misdiagnosed under, not that you were, but so many women, like Mm -hmm. she said, were not diagnosed in their youth because there was such little understanding of neurological disorders in the early 2000s that all these women, just like me and you, what we're going through, there's a surge of women getting diagnosed with ADHD who were neglected, who were misdiagnosed, just like me, who I was always told I just had an anxiety disorder. You went through the same thing. And we're just now finally getting, there's also a new wave of therapists who are younger, who have similar life experiences to us because being a psychiatrist or a therapist was so exclusive to um, the upper class, like because of like the money to get educated in there. And now there's more resources available for schooling and everything. And it's easier to become a therapist or a practice mental health professional in general. So there's a huge, there's a million reasons why there's a huge surge of women getting diagnosed with ADHD. And everybody's saying like, oh, it's because you are on TikTok and you don't have any attention and you're chronically online. No, it's because women were treated like shit in our youth in like the early 2000s. It's like the gay cat's ADHD. Yeah, like no, ADHD is for boys. And like there's there's a huge surge and it's very common and it's very talked about now. And kids are also getting diagnosed more, thank God. And they're being treated a lot better than what Carolee went through. Mm -hmm. But the federal regulations on the production of prescribed medication. Can't keep up. They can't keep up with the demand of Adderall. And I just picked up mine um, the other day and they had to give me like a different like capsule because they're like, they're, they're all on back order. Yeah. And I was like, shit, but this actually is like kind of concerning because I think Carolee's story and our story all contributes to a shortage of prescriptions. There's actually a huge risk right now of um, a health crisis when it comes to Adderall and stimulant medication and controlled substances because people are going to be unable to get their medicine and they're going to turn to buying it outside of a pharmacy or outside of a prescription. That's actually crazy because my psychologist said the exact same thing when I had mentioned your prescription got stolen. She goes... You didn't hear it from me, but she might have to get it from somewhere else other than the pharmacist yeah. if they don't give it to her. Yeah, which, like, I have, and it, I hate to admit it, I've honestly thought about turning to that before. Yeah. But the issue is that um, artificial manufactured outside of the pharmacy, because, like, if they're they're not getting it from the pharmacy, because I can't fucking get it from the pharmacy. Right, so, it's so not what regulated. you're getting is, it's not going to be regulated. This is not at all. It's, it's not. not regulated. And we already have an issue in Ohio with fentanyl, yeah. with amphetamines. So, like, basically what's happening is it's it can be parents, too, that turn to buying outside of a pharmacy or buying on the street. You can literally just be buying straight-up capsule meth. Right, you would have and no idea. It's, and I honestly feel like the shortage of Adderall is going to cause a lot of overdoses and which I'm really concerned about, which I like the the shortage started in May of this year Uh and it got a little bit better and now it's awful. Like you can't find Adderall or really any stimulants. People are waiting weeks on their medication and they're having to go off of it and like unintentionally detox, which is a fucking nightmare. Such a nightmare. That's what that feels like. It's terrible. I'm very lucky that I was able to get my prescription. I don't know if I will be able to next month. I don't know if you'll be able to. And it's like, we'll get it when we can kind of deal. Yeah. And my pharmacist was really frustrated with the Adderall and everybody's like, oh, they're just putting all these kids on Adderall. And it's like, no, you guys created a system of mental like you you guys created this system of treating people like shit about their mental health disorders and this stigma the federal government did and then everybody got fucked up on percocets for like 10 years yeah so you guys are like you know what fuck this we're gonna shut everything down and you can only produce this much Mm -hmm. and it's like they like there were so many regulations and they restricted our access to mental health care for so long and now there's a wave of people actually being able to access that there's changes to like federal health care guidelines and because the system of just general neurological disorders was so messed up for so long. It's now going to cause a crisis well, not because only, everybody's, it's like the gates have been open and everybody's like, Oh my God, I can finally fix my brain. Yeah. And now there's not enough medication to go around because they won't lift the controlled substance guidelines yeah. on the production of Adderall, but in turn in an effort to keep it off the street, but you're making people turn to other options to be medicated. And this is where like, God, I would get so pissed off. I'll never forget some when I would tell somebody like, 
oh yeah, I used to flush my underwear because I didn't want to take it. They're like, oh my god, you could have sold that. I was like, in fifth fucking grade? Right, I know. And I was like, I would get so pissed off. I had so many friends in college. I wasn't in college. I did, but I didn't finish. But I had so many friends who'd be like, oh yeah, if I need to finish a paper, I'll take Adderall. And I was, I would get so mad because I'm just like, even though it didn't work for me, I'm like, there's people that fucking need this medication. Like and, it would, and it would just deep rootedly piss me off. Because, like, I feel like you're taking it as a bit and you're taking it as a joke. Yeah. When you guys fucking harassed me for 10 years because I needed to be medicated. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's also contributed to why it's so hard to get now. Yeah. So you had all these dipshit asshole kids in college that would take it as a fucking bit and take it as a drug and think it's funny. And I would get so pissed because I was just like, I was forced to be on that because I needed it. You guys are taking it to finish a paper or clean your room on a Sunday. Right, because you can't not go drinking on a Wednesday. I'm like, so that pisses me off. And now I feel like that all cycled into where we're at now with the shortage and why it's now a controlled substance. Because it wasn't when I was a kid. Even when I left high school, it still was. Explain that to people like, why don't you do Adderall? It's like, because my brain's wired differently. So Adderall would actually help me calm down. It does does the opposite of what it does for you because I have... ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on, you know, kind of everything we've talked about? Yeah. If you're you're struggling with ADHD or you think you have a mental health issue, don't, again, don't let my story of like horrors of the two. Lakin. 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 I'm sorry. Boo. It's on Do Not Disturb. I don't know why that happened. Okay, go on. Yeah, I think we should keep that. Perfection. I don't want anybody to run away from that. Know that it's much more accepted in this culture, this day and age, this time that we're in. Don't let it de- deter you. There's the word I've been looking for um, from getting help, and that it really is okay to be different, and it's okay if your brain is not the same as somebody who's neurotypical. Yeah, like it's. You are who you are, and if the people tell you when you tell them something exciting, and they tell you that you're too loud and you're like, like to calm down, don't be friends with those people anymore. Yeah, tell them to fuck <laughs> tell off. Tell them to fuck off. Do you? So I already knew a lot of this, Lake. And do you have any thoughts? Because I don't think that you've heard this yeah. stuff before. Do you have any thoughts no. or questions? I um, I I'm actually um, I I'm a little bit surprised for some reason. But to be fair, like, I didn't start... Like, in what way? Like, surprise? Like, with me? Yeah, or with, just your, like... with your whole journey with medication specifically that mm-hmm. they were I didn't just... know she was flushing pills. Yeah, well, not Sure only... was. I ain't taking that shit. <laughs> not only that, but it was concerning that you had such a bad reaction to them, and they are like, well, you have ADHD, you have... we have to keep it on. Instead of giving you tools... They would just up the dose. Yeah. That's what they did every time. They yeah. would just up the dose. Instead of giving you tools to help you know, cope with it and get through life the way that you need to, nope. they just upped your dose and started to, like, zombify you. Because yeah. That's, is, what that's I why like. I asked you about yeah. the trifecta, because me and Lakin have therapy, psychiatrist, yeah. and general practitioner. Yeah. Um, so we have, you know, our medication, our diagnosis, and then we have therapy to go along with yeah. putting tools in our toolbox. I actually dropped down to just a psychologist and a general practitioner because I sought out a psychologist that um, is specialized in ADHD in women. She is an ADHD woman. She's phenomenal. I love yeah. her so much. And she made... We've had four sessions, and in those four sessions, I've gotten more answers and more coping skills than I've ever had going to see anybody else. And it's, it, I actually haven't had to jump through as many hoops as other people. I feel like I kind of got the easy way out because I'm learning from like my mom. And then you were like properly diagnosed in the way that you should have been. Yeah. It's like Carolee got diagnosed and just got her ass beat by mental health professionals. And to be fair, (laughs) take these pills now. (laughs) Like she is specialized in it. And one of the only reasons I was able to see her is because my job gives me 16 free mental health sessions a year, and she just happens to work with that program. Yeah. So I'm able to get these sessions for free because I have a corporate job that gives me those benefits, and it's not lost on me that a lot of people don't have that type of benefit, you know what I mean, yeah. or that type of access. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's much different than what I'm going through. I'm still not on medication. I have my official doctor's appointment for it tomorrow, which was supposed to be like two weeks ago. And then they were like, just <sighs> kidding. We're going to talk about your bad back instead. But I mean, it makes me like wonder like how many women in previous history that went to mental hospitals for quote unquote hysteria had some sort of like neurotypical disorder and just had like outbursts and stuff because they couldn't manage their frustrations and their brains were working differently. And for you being a kid, for them to just like throw medication at you instead of giving you coping skills, um, I'm... I don't blame you for being like fuck that. I'm not going to yeah. be on that medication. And I don't anymore. and I don't plan on like getting medicated. Like a lot yeah. of people a lot of people do ask me that like, "Oh, you're ADHD or you're on medication?" And I'm like, "No." Because yeah. one, my medication wasn't like cognitive. Like it wasn't I wasn't having trouble doing those things. It's not it was regulating more, your emotions. Yeah, yeah, it was more of like my emotions and like hyperactivity and stuff like that. And I am a firm believer that when you have ADHD as a kid and an adult, it's so different. It is very different. And I feel different. like I've learned to cope with it and I've learned to do things that work for me. And, like, I'm not perfect. And I still, again, I lose my phone. I lose everything. I am get distracted. I compartmentalize conversations. I have ways that I want to do things. I have ways that I have a plan in my head and this is how it needs to go. And if it doesn't happen, oh, my God. But what also helps with that is my anxiety medication. But to be fair, like, you can love that stuff about yourself. Yeah. You know, like, there's people... With, I've like, honestly just accepted it. Yeah, like, like, that's just who you are. And, yeah, it's because of ADHD, but you're just Carly. And you're yeah. allowed to love those parts of yourself yeah. if you know how to cope with them and they don't ruin your daily life. Like, I think there's something so genuinely beautiful about being like, this This is how I am. That's one of the things I love most about you. You're like, I'm Carolee, bitch. So you're not going to get anything Don't different. be nice to her. Shut up, Brittany. <laughs> you can be nice to me. No, that is true. And I love that you say that. It's just, I've accepted that this is just like who I am. And I've talked about it in other podcasts that I've, that I've done. Like the people who love you are going to love you. Yeah. And the people who don't can fuck off. Like it's yeah. just, if you want to think I'm loud or I talk too much or I'm annoying or whatever, you're not my people. That's fine. Yeah. What is it? If I'm too much, go find less. Yeah, pretty much. Hashtag less. Get out no. of there. <laughs> yeah. But like, it is just what it is, man. You want to call me annoying? That's fine. Right. I get it. Like, like I'm still is... a successful person. I've still built a lot for myself. Like, I, yeah. in my terms of what I view as successful. So it's like, yeah, I've still yeah. been able to do a lot of things. Yeah. And I've, be successful. Yeah. I spent the past couple of years, like, really trying hard to be liked. And I think that's because of, like, my whole, like, journey of being, like, a terrible person and then trying to be better. I'm like, I just want to be liked. And I'm finally, like... I think in the past like couple months being like, you know what? No, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm I'm also very loud. I'm very eccentric and um We I, always use the term we're a lot. Yeah, That's me and me and Carolee are definitely a lot and like especially when we're together and if it's not something if it annoys you, we don't we don't have to be our you friends. You have each other for company. Yeah. You know, I'm you not, good yeah. I like I like, like Carolee. I hang out with Carolee like three or four times a week. Like yeah. she's over here very frequently. I, I like my friends that I have and if we're if they're too much for you, it's I'm okay. not gonna water myself down to make it more make make myself more palatable for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah fuck all that. Yeah. yeah. Do you wanna plug yourself and what yeah. you're doing? And- yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I just hit 20k Ooh. followers. Carly's a supermodel. That's I'm fucking crazy. Like I always I, call her the supermodel of every time she, she does. does a good photo shoot, I'm like, you're my beautiful little supermodel. <laughs> 20k is that's insane to me like those numbers like I know there's like people with tons of more yeah. followers than that but like to me that's an absurd number that yeah. should be celebrated that's great so just at 20k on Instagram my Instagram is at Kara Lee and a lot of people it's so funny I my name's K-A-R-A-L-E-E my name's so fucking phonetic people see it though <laughs> people see it and they're like what Car- and Carla yeah Carly 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 <laughs> So I and put she my hates name. it if you don't if you call her anything than Carly, it's like donezo. Like I yeah. was calling her Kara for when we first met, I was like nope. shortening it to Kara and she was like, Don't you know do what? that. Uh, just <laughs> I know I just met you, but go fuck yourself. Yeah. So my name on Instagram it's K-A-R-A-H-H-L-E-E-E. And her name is Kara Lee, and Lee is not her middle name. No. Yeah. It's not. I have a middle name. And so a lot of people, whenever like I just ordered that cake for my husband. She put like on the like receipt Kara and it was K A R A H and I was like, 
No. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like, what did I do to myself? I'm just <laughs> trying to make my name, like... Just start throwing really? your middle name in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I thought it was weird because, like, um, my name is actually supposed to be Ricky Lee. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this no. before. I my, like my dad always called me Ricky Lee and that was my intended name but Lee is my middle name uh, so as I got older everybody just started calling me Ricky but like really the way that I'm supposed to be named I guess is the way like my name is intentionally Ricky Lee like that is my name but my mom didn't want to hyphenate it in my first name so they made Lee my like my first full name my first name is supposed to be Ricky Lee just like how you're Carolee. Oh, I'm gonna be real with you. No, I'm gonna be real with you. If that was your first name for you would me, just call I me would Ricky. just call you Ricky. Yeah, I mean, or I, I call go you like, Rick. Most Rick. people call me. Most people call me Rick. But yeah, your oh, Instagram. Hannah. Instagram. We'll have it linked below too. Is there anything else you have going on? That's super fun. You've been chill lately. I've got you a just, new puppy. She's so, been staying home yeah. with her dog and minding her own business. Here's the thing. That's my lane. I like to that's be. Life. I just like to be home and hang out. I am a homebody cancer gang. Like I'm I like, just, I'm like, starting a podcast and I have a magazine and I have a. I, I know. I have one busy week and I'm like, I literally cannot function. I but don't. I've been busy since like June and like it's starting to slow down a little bit and like my husband's birthday was just this week so we're gonna go celebrate him today. He's fantastic. I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, that's really it. I don't have much going on in my life. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am Carolee's life. <laughs> me. My dogs are my life. Let's be real. Okay, well, I'm... I I'm love important. you, but we all know how much my dogs mean to me. That's right. And we know how much I mean to Carolee, too. I'm like, this is about me. <laughs> we, do you have, <laughs> we do have matching tattoos. I don't have anything sure. else with any friends. My but favorite no. thing that you've ever said about you two is what, you're the monochrome version of Carolee, and I was like, there's nothing that's been truer. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. like, Carolee is me, but she's like vibrant and vibrant colorful. And colorful, and I wear all black, and yeah. I'm scary. Um, but I thank you so much for coming on. I really yeah. appreciate it. I'm glad that you were our first guest. Yeah. And thank Happy you, back. thank you to anybody who got to this point listening to yes. three ADHD ramble. I know. <laughs> this one's this one's going to be a bit of a longer episode, but I do think it is very valuable. And why do they walk around every as soon as intro we're and outro? Yeah, like they say, clicky clacky, time to go. They, they know. Um, but thank you so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate you making it through this. Uh, Carolee will be linked down below. She actually is a really incredible person who I genuinely admire a lot and I don't have anything bad to really say about ever. Same. Um, and I really recommend like following her on Instagram and like keeping up with her. She's been a very great positive influence in my life over the past like year um, and has helped me tremendously. And I hope in the future to see you grow like a platform to do that for other people. Um, but yeah, thanks for being on. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Thank and you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.